welcome back to the I'm Nerd Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And Yo. today, we have a very special guest. We have our first ever Remote Dual YCS champion with us, and also the newest Remote Dual YCS champion, Joe Dietrich. I said that right, right? Yes, sir. Perfect. Oh, okay, good. So, Joe, you are the okay. newest YCS champion. Uh, very happy to have you on. You literally just won on Sunday. It hasn't even been a week yet. How does it feel? Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, like it hasn't really sunk in yet. I think yeah. it'll probably sink in <laughs> once I get my trophy in the mail, which yes. is a weird thing for so, sure. So I want to talk about that too, because winning a remote dual YCS has to feel like you said, like very awkward, maybe a little like different than I guess winning when you're in a convention center and you're surrounded by literally thousands of other duelists. Yeah, um, you kind of um, win, and then you're in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, you win, and then you turn your camera off. And you're like, all right, I guess I'll watch Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> no, that, that was like exactly what happened. Um, I was I had an interview with uh, Jake Quincy yesterday. Okay, and um, he asked me like a very similar question. I was like, yeah, essentially what happened was, um, you know, I, I attacked for game, and my <laughs> opponent uh, Tommy Rowe left the call. And I was just sitting there in an empty Discord call with the lights <laughs> off in my room. And I was like, well, should order some Chipotle, I think. That sounds and amazing. That was pretty much it. There's something so funny about that, like attack for game, and then you're just like, all right, I'm out of the call. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. just like, it's just so quick. Like you, You're just like, all right, I'm going. Tommy was pretty, yeah. I saw um, he wrote a status right after. Because I was yeah. on Facebook. I was watching the stream on Twitch uh, downstairs. I bought a new TV. So I was watching the stream. And I was simultaneously refreshing Facebook and like commenting on Facebook. Because I was like, I feel like something is going wrong in this top, in this finals match. I'm not sure. Because I, I don't play anymore. But I kind of can follow the game somewhat. Mm-hmm. And I remember Billy... You know, Billy's amazing. Like, he's one of the best duels ever. And he was calling what he thought was going to happen. And then it didn't happen. And then I was like, okay, now I'm getting confused. I don't know who's right. I don't know if Billy's wrong or if, if like, Tommy's wrong or whatever's going on. So I just pulled Facebook and they were like, yeah, there's been there's been some some stuff. So I I don't know exactly the ins and out of either of your decks. I know that uh, pressure is definitely a factor, though, when you get that far into a tournament. I've experienced that a lot. And I was going to say, yeah, I mean, pressure and misplays, that's all part of the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you misplay, you miss, that's on you. Like, yeah. it, this is part of the game. And we all do it. Everyone's human. Like, literally every player in the world has definitely misplayed yeah, before. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's super normal. Can you um tell us a little bit about, like, I guess let's go all the way back. So, the end story is that you are now the newest YCS champion. But I want to know where it began for you. Like, how old were you when you first started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And, like, how long ago was that? Um, let's see. So I like started playing like Yu-Gi-Oh like, with my friends during recess, probably in like third or fourth grade. It was probably the first time I like touched cards. Um, okay. so really young. Yeah, but I never like went to locals until I was like I think sixteen. Okay. How how old are you by the way, if you don't mind me asking? I'm twenty. Okay, oh, so you're pretty wow, I won when I was twenty as well. Let's go. You're yeah, very I talked to um I talked to Chris LeBlanc today. Yeah. Um I met him. Uh, we played in the finals of a three v three at in Denver. Yeah, um, a couple of months ago, and um, he told me that he also won a YCS. Not only when he was fifteen, but also when he was twenty. And I was like, "That's crazy." Yeah, well, I think yeah, he's 
he's won so many damn things i can't even keep up with all of the i think he won three ycs's or something like that yeah yeah it's fucking absurd like that kid is absurd he's just next level but yeah you're i mean 20 is still very young uh you're not even legally able to drink yet and you're (laughs) do you turn 21 this year yeah in august okay cool so if i ever meet you in person i will buy you a drink uh Sounds great. Bro. Hopefully by August the country will be opened up and we can actually go to in real life events because I really want to travel to an event and see everybody. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was looking forward to Vegas and Pasadena. Yeah, I booked for California and they, you know, they canceled it, but I still decided to go because it was a vacation and I was like, fuck it, I just want to get out the house and just enjoy myself. And a couple of my friends still went, so it was fun. But uh it would have been nice to actually have the YCS there just so I could see everybody. Yeah, of course. But I'm I'm glad the way things turned out because you won with a pretty uh, interesting deck that, you know, so I started coming back to my local scene in the summer of 2021. And when Mm. I first got there, the thing I noticed was that literally every single person, there was 45 people there that the day I went the first day, I couldn't believe it. There was 45 people there at the local on a random Thursday night, and they were all playing different decks. I mean, literally every single matchup I saw was two completely different decks. And I definitely saw like the invoked Shadal type decks. I saw Cyber Dragons and Adagnister and uh, Tri Brigade and just everything. This is before Sword Soul came out though. So it was like Drytron and Phantom Knights were out and everything. And I was like, how does this format have so many viable decks? Like every person that was going first was just doing some absolutely crazy shit at their table. Yeah. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing because I'm used to Yu Gi Oh being very defined by, you know, maybe three decks at most. Usually there's just like one or two though. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you end up? How did you end up settling on playing Invoked, Shadal, Dogmatica? What's the other engine I'm missing? There's like four uh, of them. the Destiny Hero stuff. Yes. So how did you end up settling on this like four archetype deck? What made that the choice for you? Um. So, like I've been playing the Invoked deck for a long time, mm-hmm. probably like almost over a year at this point. Yeah. Um. So I was playing it like with heavy shit all package, like smaller shit all package, like a whole bunch of like different variants of it. Um, and the like the shit all invoke deck always had a really good matchup against Dragon Link when that was the best deck like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, but the issue with the deck was like the shit all engine was like only live going first if you drew fusion and a shit all monster and something to fuse with, um, which is like kind of asking a lot since your shit all count of like monsters was really low yeah um and then like the fusion destiny stuff came out and that has like no requirement other than you know drawing fusion destiny it sends the materials right from your deck yep so that it card just, is like, crazy yeah it essentially just like solved the deck yeah by um, itself yeah it like it gave you an insane extender and also gave you follow-up um being able to draw two off celestial the next turn yeah, that um, makes that deck so powerful. And I saw you do that in top four and in the finals, I believe. Like you did the whole like set your hand. At one point, you set three back row and you did the fusion destiny, uh, not fusion destiny, the celestial from the grave to draw two. So now your hand has two cards in it. And then you summoned Alistair, but you didn't search. And me and my friend looked at each other. We were like, what the hell? Are those three back rows? Like, are they invocations or something? And then you ended up flipping an invocation and the other one was, I think, the Deer Servant. Yep. And then you ended up winning right after that. Um, but that 
you know, I was like, he just, he basically just drew through like all these cards and he didn't even search for Alistair, but I, but the way I could tell by your body language, how fast you were moving that the game was over. Like I knew, Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, the game is like, did you know it was over too? Like you, you knew Yeah, like he, he, uh, summons, you know, the two monsters and then he had like three dead cards in his hands. And I was like, if celestial gets ashed, I'm still winning. And if it doesn't get ashed, I'm definitely winning. So yeah. I was like, yeah, that's just game. Um, so the, the the reason I didn't activate Alistair is um post side. If I'm not playing against the bird deck, I side out one invocation. So yep. I only have one in my main deck. Um so it was just I drew the one. Okay. So that makes sense. So so wait, you only play two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So there's been a lot of discussion and pretty much every one of these podcasts that we've done, these Yu-Gi-Oh! talk podcasts, where we bring on like someone who's, you know, pretty good player overall and just someone who's good in the community and we talk about the idea of playing less copies of cards that you can only activate once per turn because sure. when you have so many of them in your deck it kind of can be clutter to your hand to just be staring at like double invocation or double there's i mean they're so, so broken you, you can't play less than three i assume but but so many other cards like you know you don't want to play you don't want to max out on them because you don't want to draw two of them and it's just kind of annoying sure i think like um that's like somewhat reasonable yeah but also like um it cards have like different roles also like yep. you, you want to play three of a card that serves multiple roles like ecclesia um you play three of and it's like a starter because you can normal summon it and you know search punishment or it's an extender um because if you link into all mirage you can summon it and then make verite um yeah, so that's like broken. It's, it's a starter extender which is you know, and a light monster. So it has a lot of different utility aspects. Yeah. And uh Shu Peng on the last episode, he actually mentioned how so you still play card you still play three of cards that no other card does what it does, right? So mm-hmm. like, you know, no other card does what she does, what you just said. Like th- that card is she's very broken in that deck for being both an extender and a starter. Like you don't really find cards that are like that. Um and did you play any of the uh pots? Yeah, I played three prosperity. Okay, that card is that card also like one of your you know absolutely favorite must include type cards. Um, I sided out going second against Sword Soul, mm-hmm. um, because I respect order and anti spell. Okay, yeah, the, uh, I, I hate the fact that like the unsearchable Imperial Order has that much impact on the format, but oh, hundred percent post side against Sword Soul, I like twelve I changed twelve cards from my deck. Damn. Yeah. Would you say your deck has a good matchup against Sword Soul overall, though? I I haven't lost a sword soul in like three YCSs. Damn, so, yeah. that's yeah. pretty so, fucking good. The answer to that question is yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's a definitive <laughs> yes. Like sword soul is like the deck that you want to play against. Yeah. What makes that match up on your side though? I because sword soul is very powerful. It's very consistent. It it does have that uh linear feel to it though. Like every time I watch a sword soul duel, it seems like I'm watching the same thing over and over and over again. Like I rarely am shocked by what they do. Yeah, um, I think I just have had, like, really good testing um, against it. One of my teammates, uh, Caleb Venegas, uh, lost in top 16 of the same event, and he was playing Sword Soul. Um, So I was just, like, testing with him like crazy. Yeah. Um, And just, like, the fact that there's a lot of, like, engine cards that are really good against Sword Soul. Like, um, even to just, like, make Makaba, you, like, Summon Alistair, make All Mirage, link to All Mirage into Secure Gardener. But like if your hand is like above average, you can just link the Alistair into All Mirage and just keep their All Mirage as protection for blackout or something. Yeah. 
um, and then like fuse from there. I saw you do that too. I saw you yeah. uh, protect your guy. I think it was like top four against Hani or something. But uh, yeah, I remember you and top four at one point uh, you dropped Nibiru on him and then like there he, he still continued to play and I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit. And then that game was like really grinded. That was game two, I think. And then you, you know, game three, you ended up winning again. Yeah. But yeah, that does your deck. So I watched Tommy Rose video. He talked about the deck, you know, your deck that won and how he did test it. But every time he plays it, he tends to brick with it. Um, I, I don't know if that's maybe like a, a deck building thing or do you ever feel like your deck is inconsistent or anything like that? Uh, Sometimes. Yeah, so like my former teammate, uh, Sebastian Todd, mm-hmm. um, he like uh, also topped the YCS this last one. He got lost in top 16. Um, but he like always called that deck like a high roller deck. Uh, it's always like you play like. I think it was 12 or 15 of these just like insane spell cards. Like if you see any combination of them or even just one of them, usually enough, you just win the game. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't, you're not in a great spot. Yeah. And uh, I'm, go ahead. So like, I just wanted to maximize the amount of those. So I'm playing, you know, those like 15 cards that I'm also playing post side, like um, an additional, like the whole shit all package. Um, so like going second, not only are you having that additional draw for turn to like help, you know, on brick you, but you're also adding more bombs to your deck. Yeah, I like to think of it as bombs too. Like when I see Nadir Servant and Fusion Destiny played in the same, you know, like that, yeah. like that's not okay. <laughs> like those are right. two of the most powerful cards in the entire game right now. And another thing that Xu Ping said in our last episode that was really interesting is that he likes to build his deck based on the most powerful card in the format. Sure. Uh, so I'm trying to think, what do you think is the most powerful card in the format right now? Um,. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I also, like, approach deck building in a similar way. Um, and that's, like, I think the most powerful card in the format is, like, probably Protoss. Like, Order would also be up there, too. Mm. Um, and, like, Zeus as well. So, okay. like, if you look at, like, you know, some of the best decks, um, like, the Bird deck was the deck that I respected the most going into the tournament. Um, my main deck was, like, Maining Droll, and I was, like, super prepared for that matchup. Yeah. Um, because that deck, like is just an extender deck on crack and also like you can play featherstorm which is one of the most absurd cards post side um order and then like you can make zeus and zeus them through like any interruption because the rank one that you make attacks directly and can't be targeted or destroyed by card effects so yeah, that's a pretty good interaction so yeah right. so you also agree that protos are just absolutely out of control yeah, Protos and like there's a lot of really unfair cards in the format right now. Yeah, Fusion um, Destiny definitely one of them. Uh, yeah, and that card's probably not getting touched just because we know we're getting a ultimate rare copy of it. I think yep. in a champion pack or something, so whatever it is, the OTS packs, whatever they call them. Um, yeah, that card's probably not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So they'd have to do something else. Like people think that they might hit Celestial or. Uh, there's all types of speculation of what might happen. In fact, we actually expected the ban list to be out by now. It's Wednesday. Yes, yes. <laughs> sure, we were talking about that. Real quick, I wanted to jump back for a s- small moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your Sword Soul matchup that you said you haven't lost to in like three YCSs. Mm-hmm. You also said you, you uh, side 12 cards. I wanted yep. to ask, do you typically lose game one to Sword Soul and then just destroy them game two and three? Or do you still have a good matchup game one? Uh, it depends who wins the Dyro, honestly. Yeah. Um, okay. that's like a big part of it. It also depends on what they blind call. Um, most people know that I play like invokes because I've been playing it for a while. Um, <laughs> There's and Joe. I've, done, I've done like pretty well with it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what's the correct call? 
Um, I genuinely think it's probably dark. Okay. Um, because that turns off fusion destiny and the ability for you to make verte. But an argument could be made for light too, because all the dogmatic monsters are light, and um. Calling dark doesn't stop normal summon effects, so you can still use Alistair if they call dark. Right, and light is also macabre too. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, there was yeah. a lot of debate about whether Tommy called the right thing, but at that point, it wasn't turn one. It was like the middle of the game, right? You had a field of Dogmatica cards. <laughs> yeah, so the crazy thing about that is like he summons the monster, and I have three Dogmatica monsters on my field, and he activates effect. I just like instinctively went to pick up my monster. Yes, and, put him in and the grave. I instinctively put them in the grave for you as well. <laughs> and he was like dark, and I was like, "Sure, <laughs> like that, I suppose." Yeah, um, I. That's where yeah. Billy was like, "Oh, he's gonna call light." Everyone thought he was gonna call like Billy said it. Uh, I I think I said it out loud too, and I know he had the child, whatever that thing is, the level she shall, yeah. shall. Yeah, I know he had that up on the field, and that would have died, right? But. I was fully expecting light to be the thing he called and then he called dark and I was like, Oh, maybe he's really afraid of obviously, you know, DPE mm. and, uh, yeah, the the way the game ended up playing out, like on the following turn, I think you drew and then he ended up switching portals to defense mode. And then that's when it got bad after that. Like, yeah, it's never he, good when you go to defense mode. Yeah, right. It's never ever good. <laughs> yeah, defense mode. When you is go to defense so. mode. Defense mode's so bad they they invented a tier of monster that doesn't have defense points. Like, like, <laughs> that's these ones true. Don't even have defense mode. That's true. Link monsters can't even be put in defense. Like that's how <laughs> that's how absurd defense mode is as a as a mechanism now. But yeah, he put he put the protos in defense mode, and then I believe after that DPE did come down. Yeah. So um, essentially, what happened was he was able to like attack over to the Dogmatica monsters. Mm -hmm. um, just attacking over with Protoss and with Shishao. Um, and he had Blackout set. Um, so I summoned Makaba on the following turn. And I attacked over the Shishao. Yep, used Alistair um, from hand. Yeah, to boost it. Um, because if I didn't, then he just would have like attacked over on his turn, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I had to burn the Alistair, which is unfortunate. But my last card in hand was Droll. So I had like a Monster Negate for his turn. Yeah, which is really um, good. Yeah, so all he had was Protoss. And he was scared um, to activate Protoss' effect for the reason that you might yeah. Macabre. Right, so I, I like, pass back to him, assuming, like, either A, if he activated it, I just negate and banish it, and, like, pray he doesn't top deck uh, Taye or something, that's a one-card combo. Yeah. Or, like, B, he just crashes it, which, honestly, I thought was the, probably the correct play, since he knew um, I didn't have Alistair in my hand anymore. Right. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that could have been... But he just put it in defense, and when he put it in defense, he also didn't call anything, which was, you know, fair, I suppose. Uh, yeah, he's I, still afraid. I, yeah, I just normal summon Droll and made Verite. Yep, and that's when I was uh, like, oh god, this game got out of hand now. Well, like, even that wasn't enough. Um, since I drew, I had to draw an out to the Protoss because it wasn't going to be enough attack to attack over it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, like, have guaranteed follow-up um, with the Celestial stuff. So I drew Droplet, which was, you know, very lucky, um, and gave me the out to, because I could send the Verte to negate the Yeah, I saw that play. That play was crazy. It. Yeah. Also, uh, I always say this, never feel bad for it, but you need luck to win. 
Like, yeah, this was something that was told to me by my good friend, Sean McCabe, another fucking amazing duelist. And when we were younger, you know, I used to get really, really upset when people would draw exactly what they needed off the top or, you know, everyone's been there. Everyone's been sacked or whatever you want to call it. And we all have our bad beat stories like, oh, my guy, drew is only out, that type of thing. And one day I was so fucking angry and McCabe just goes, yeah, well, whatever. You need luck to win. And I almost lost it. I was so angry. But then when I thought about it, like when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that's actually correct. Like, you know, when I, even when I won to YCS, I got very lucky a lot. Of, like there was just so many instances where things worked out perfectly fine. One guy miscalculated the life points, thought I was lower than I actually was. He flipped chalice. I wasn't actually dead. And then he had to, he tried to put it back face down and judge was like, no, you actually played it. So he like burned right. chalice to do 400 damage essentially is what happened. And that, that's really lucky, right? Like that, mm. if he didn't do that, that changes the entire outcome of the game. And I might not, I might not be a YCS champion because of that. Like certain things like that, you know, you need luck. Like you need certain things to go your way. You need to draw certain cards in certain spots. You need to win the, uh, certain die rolls and all types of stuff. So it, you know, it's, it's a card game and that's just what, that's just what it is. So yeah, you drew droplets and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and then, and then yeah, it was just popping. In that like interaction, I actually missed sequenced. Um, so what I should have done is uh, activate GPUs, chain like one. And then uh, droplet chain link two sending my verte, and then I would be able to resolve DP sending the droplet from my field oh. and sending the monster from his side of the field, and then be able to do the extra twenty five damage to him directly. Um, yeah. It didn't end up mattering in the end, but it definitely could have. Yes, and yeah. I like the fact that you have reviewed your own match and you know where you messed up and stuff. That's really good. Yeah, like that's a sign yeah. of a good player. I. I actually harp on my uh, misplays more than anything else. Like that's the dude, those keep me up at night. Even if yeah, I won, like even if I right. won the match, I don't care. I still, if I, if someone points out that I messed up somewhere, I definitely, you know, I'll think about that. And then that play will be forever recorded in my memory. Yeah. Also that once again, like you said, you need luck to win, but also there's the whole like make your own luck thing where there's some things out of your hands, but you make one misplay. And if they get, if that gives them one extra turn to get lucky, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, one misplay, then they top deck and they, they right. got one extra turn to top deck and then you lose because they got lucky, but also because you misplayed and you gave them an extra turn. That definitely happens for sure. I've given people an extra turn and they made way too much use of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely happened. So I do want to ask you because I am not too familiar with how remote duels uh, work, but mm. I just want to see what you, what your idea, like, how do you feel about remote duels versus in real life dueling? Like as a preference, I don't know. Like some people actually like remote duels a lot because of the whole, you can tell your opponent exactly how you want them to shuffle and all that stuff. But what do you, what do you think? Like overall, like the remote duel experience? Um, yeah, I definitely prefer in real life. Okay, um, good. <laughs> good. I, I like being able to like make reads on my opponents. I yeah. think that's like one of my like favorite parts of the game. Yep. Same. Um, and they, like you really lose that aspect you're not really able to like make eye contact or like look at you know their mannerisms or how they're playing right um and that definitely like has an impact on your uh decision making uh, i also think like this happened to me it happened to hani it happened to my opponent in top eight where like if you you're just like showing too much of your hand and you're able to like see one or two cards um you'll get a warning from the judge and it was just really obnoxious so it's un um, yeah unintentional you're like your hand is showing on the camera yeah yeah you're like you're, you're sitting normally um yeah. 
but you can't do that. You just, you know, you're so used to that habit of, you know, sitting at a table playing a game and you like shuffling the cards in your hand. You have to like really sit back a little further and like keep your hands a little bit closer to your face rather than like on the table so they can't see what cards are in your hand. So it's very awkward. Okay, so that explains why Hani looked the way he did because when you guys were playing, I was looking at him and he looked strange to me. Yeah, like I, he would lean back and start shuffling yeah. his hand, and I would yep. stare at the screen and yep. be like, "What the fuck is this kid on right now?" Yeah, but that makes sense. He was hiding his hand. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. What do you, say? you was, so What do you mean the judge? So the judge gives you a warning. What do you got? A couple warnings, and you get a game loss or something? Yeah. See, I I, I honestly don't know uh, how many warnings it takes to get a game loss because um, my think- opponent in top eight got two i believe and he didn't get a game loss and uh this was my second one and you can get them for different things so like if you're showing your hand versus showing cards from your extra deck versus showing cards from your main deck they're all different independent warnings that don't don't, stack i don't understand so for example i understand why they're like hey don't show your hand right because then it'll give your opponent the ability to cheat if they want to turn the stream on and like see your hand but at the same time that can happen in real life like yeah I think exactly they should say like hey listen blah 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 this is a camera set up look if you hold your hands here it'll show up on camera but like if your cards show on camera i kind of feel like that's on you and i don't see why you would then also get a game loss for that unless yeah. i'm missing something yeah it doesn't sound like people have gotten a game loss for it but they just keep getting mm-hmm. warned is what i think joe's yeah. alluding to because you said you got like two and then your opponent yeah. top got like two so it's just like hey this is jaywalking we're gonna say something but we're not going to actually do anything about it right yep yeah 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 and they kind of add the whole warning thing to it to make you more like because they didn't do that people would probably uh be less inclined to listen then they might lean yep. forward again so when you say like especially me i'm so scared that i don't want to get a fucking game loss or dq or anything yep. so once you say yep. warning i'm already like nervous now and it might put me on tilt actually <laughs> i'd be i'd be like i don't know man I, I i get it it's weird though the warning I, the warning thing is weird it i is know weird. if it wasn't there though i'd blatantly type in chat like hey I'm, i got the stream open i'm looking at your hand <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm just letting you know <laughs> All right. You show I, your hand. I'm seeing it. I want to talk about something a little controversial here. So I, sure. so we, we were talking in Facebook Messenger and, you know, there was, I won't even mention his name, but there was a guy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy uh, going in on you right after you won saying that you were a cheater. And I immediately was just like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, why are you saying that? And he's like, oh, because of something that happened in top four, he got unfair advantage or some kind of information. Um, just clarify, like, what did happen? Because I don't think I was watching the stream at that at that time. But uh-huh. uh, for f- to be specific, and I think I'm going to do a whole podcast episode with Kenny on this. Like, we'll just do an episode separately about cheating and trading card games and how in order for it to be cheating, it has to be intentional. And that is, like, such an important part yeah, of cheating. Yeah, matters. Yes, like intent yeah. is the actually the most important part. Like if because I've made procedural errors. Like I am not afraid to admit that I have done things that are like that is an illegal play. A hundred percent that shit should not have happened and it did happen anyway. And no one caught it. I didn't catch it. My opponent didn't catch it. And it's not intentional. And it's like, fuck, it happened. But like, you know, the game is going on and we're at a point where it's like, well, the game's not really repairable. It is what it is. We're all human again, especially when you're playing on top cut of a YCS. 
there's a lot of pressure, even if it's in your bedroom, like there's still a fucking yeah. lot of pressure. There's even yeah. more pressure when you're in a feature match and there's a judge on your left, a guy writing the article on the right. And then there's a crowd of people watching and people probably screaming and cheering because you're on a fucking jumbotron and all this other stuff. But right. Yeah. Uh, I just want to like what actually did happen that uh, in the in top four match. Sure. Um, yeah. Essentially what happens was uh, I was playing a Tani in top four. Um, and just like to clarify anything, like Hani is like a friend of mine. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, stayed with him at events. We've like tested together. Um, he's, you know, I have no bad vibe towards him or anything. Oh, of course. Um, and um, essentially, what happened was we played in top four. Uh, he went first. He bricked. Uh, he set one and passed. Um, I drew for turn. I summoned Alistair. Used the effect of search. Uh, he chained Chalice, and I linked Alistair into Almirage and then to Secure Gardener. Um, and that's an illegal play, given the fact that uh, Almirage specifies that the monster used has to have a thousand attack or less. So the child's uh, gave him four hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So neither of us caught that. It's I, such an easy thing. I was, to I was about to say that too, Kenny. It's such an easy thing to miss. Yeah. Like, come on. First of all, I didn't yeah. even know that myself. I'm saying, like, come on to the guy saying, just to clarify, just in case anybody thinks I'm saying, come on to you. I'm saying, come on to the guy that's accusing you of cheating. It's it's just such because you're. Let's say you do that play a million times, Alistair, Link, etc. You're so used to him having the prop... You're so used to that card being the correct card to use in this play that in this instance when Chalice happens... You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. such a... It's an easy thing to miss. It's a very special interaction, too. Like, Chalice... I'm not going to say that it's not very... Like, it is used in its format. Like, I was surprised when people started main decking Chalice and siding and whatever they do with it. Uh, Chalice is definitely back, but, like, the whole 400 attack thing is definitely easy to forget because yeah, no one... It's not used for the 400 I was about attack. to say, yeah, it's definitely it's not, not used. Recklessly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no one's using Chalice for the attack unless it's for game, I guess. But that's so random if that even happens. So I could totally see how that happened. You got, obviously, you guys are... You guys were more worried about everything else, and you know that happened and it's like okay whatever uh yeah i mean it sucks but it, it happened and it's not like you didn't intend to be like oh i got this fucking guy miles is 1400 but i'm about to go into i'm about to yeah go into so uh there's a little bit more to the story right so yeah, essentially um so i i had hard drawn invocation so since this was a uh, game one i still had two in my main deck so i could legally activate it obviously um yeah. and i just activated it made macabre uh, activated Prosperity, I banished the top six, or the, the six cards from my extra deck, uh, looked at the top six, I added Nadir Servant, uh, activated Nadir, Honey Chain to Ash, and I was like, well, if Nadir goes through, I just OTK him. So I chained Makaba to negate it, he chained Valor on top of it. Um, so I didn't have any other plays, so I just attacked him, um, set a card and passed, he drew for turn, and then the judge came in and was like, alright, you guys have to stop. Um, so essentially what happened was, um, you know, we went off stream and the judge was like, we're going to rewind the game state. Um, and Hani was like, definitely not. And I was just like, not really saying much at the time. Yeah. So he like starts uh, rewinding the game state and Hani's like, I'd like to appeal. So, uh, you know, the judge grants him the appeal. The head judge comes in and the head judge is like, nope, we have the VOD. We can review exactly what happened. Um, so we're, you're not going to be able to appeal this one. So um, we start going back. And then the part where like I became a little upset is um, I get Prosperity back. 
And I was like, well, the top six cards on my deck are going to change. Yes. There's no guarantee that I'm going to hit the cards I need to hit. This is kind of absurd. How is this not an accepted game state? Yeah. Um, and the judge was like, well, since we have the VOD, we can look at the top six cards and we're going to put the top six cards on top of your deck in the exact order that you revealed them in. Um, wow. So the very important thing that you have to keep in mind is the top card on my deck was Nadir. So we go all the way back um, to when I summoned Alistair and it gets chaliced. And um, I activate Pot, but since I know the next six cards in my deck and what order they're in, I'm only going to banish three instead of six. Uh, and that is the big thing that people have an issue with. I see um, what you mean. Yeah, that is, yeah okay, is, that is awkward. Is that I should have been forced so you do to six. banish six. Yeah. And honestly, I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I do disagree. Really? I'll, I'll, say, I'll say why I disagree. Uh... Your opponent, first of all, already like your opponent appealed. He didn't even really want the game state to go back. You didn't really say anything because it'd be awkward for you to appeal because obviously you're benefiting. So I'd say you made the right call, just kind of being quiet, right? But mm. if they want to bring the game state back and they want to say we're starting the game state from here, et cetera, et cetera, it's like they knew, like they they brought the game state back, they put everything back in whatever order, and now we're playing from even though you reverted the decks, reverted the hands, et cetera. You are not on a script anymore. Now that Chalice goes through the correct way and you don't get to do the summon that you did illegally, mm. you're playing a completely different game now. And, like, yeah, you have knowledge, but that's kind of the... What do they want to say? Like, oh, you have to play... You, like... Yeah, are they going to play your hand? Are they going to play your hand for you? Yeah, are they going to play your hand for you? Exactly. Like, it's a very... They wanted to, re they wanted to re rewind the game state, but the game's no, not on a script. You can't be forced to play a card in one specific way when it can be played in two ways. Like, that's just kind of the consequences of rewinding the game state. So I personally don't think you did anything wrong there. And I disagree that you should have been forced to reveal six. I just don't think you should have should have had to do that. So I'll play yeah. devil's advocate. Um, it seems like Joe and I are, are of the opposite opinion that, like, I do think you should have to do six just because, one, you did six, and everyone knows those cards are there. And it would be kind of awkward to... Like the fact that you know where your uh your Nadir servant is, and that's the card you want, right? Like that's the one that you yeah, actually right. want to yep. resolve. So I mean, it doesn't to me. It won't change anything for real if you just do six. But this can get like this could actually get so much more elaborate because of you know the next three and everything. You know, like it's just like a yep. lot, yep. and that's why rewinding the game state. I think that that is the initial problem. Is that honestly? What you said, how is this not an accepted game state? I think it should have just been an accepted game state because you guys have gone pretty far past it. Like, he's played cards, right. you've played cards, a whole bunch of shit has happened. It's not as simple as, let's rewind, let's let you play out your turn. It just makes the situation, I feel like, more scuffed than it was. I I agree. Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think the rewind should have happened based yeah. on the story that I'm hearing. Yeah, I don't the think rewind should have happened. happened, but it did happen, and that's not your fault. The rewind right. did happen, and that's the new game state. And now you as a competitor, you got to play like this is now part of the game. You know, what I mean? like I, <laughs> they, they like they like they like changed the advantage that you have to like from one thing to another. Like that's a different yeah. advantage. Like I know I now <laughs> I now know my top six in order. Like, oh, OK, yeah, like, exactly. Like you guys aren't actually helping. Like that's not helping. I don't think like pers I personally don't think that's helping. But 
Um, yeah, that. So I, this this doesn't sound like you're intentionally a cheater. It's, it sounds like two people forgot that Chalice raises attack because no one gives a fuck, and that's not why he chalice your monster. It got Chalice because yeah. he wanted to negate its effect, and then you continued to play your turn out, and then you know Judge comes in, doesn't accept the whole. Hey, I don't want to actually rewind this thing. Let's just keep it. Like, and you say he bricked, right? Like, this is a game where he bricked. Yeah. So essentially, what happens? Like after all of this, he sets four. After um, you know the whole thing is resolved, he passes. I drew Ecclesia and just conceded. So yeah. Not to say it it like doesn't didn't matter, but it wasn't a y- determinant y- of yeah. the outcome of game one. Like yes, I get it. It, it is not that it doesn't matter because in a different game state, it one hundred percent could. But in this particular instance, no one was really hurt by it because the outcome of the game was exactly the same as it would have been yeah. if everything had played out perfectly. He still bricked. Thank God. And honestly, as weird as this is to say, but thank God he did. And then, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, thank God it wasn't a game that was kind of close or something. And then sure, yeah, and yeah. then there's that feeling of like, wow, I really just got burned in top four of a YCS. That's crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. thank God that it was the game where I wasn't playing anyway. My deck fucked me and I wasn't going to win this game. I wasn't going to win this game. Like, that's just the cards were not stacked yeah. in my favor. Sometimes you just draw and you go pass or base, whatever. Uh, so yeah, okay. Well, that's, I'm, thank you for clarifying that because, you know, I came to your defense and I didn't even know what actually happened. But the main reason why I came to your defense is not even because, like, I don't like you and I. We don't really know each other, right? Like, right. this is my first time really talking to you. But from what I see, you're a pretty good player. I, I, when I googled you and put Yu-Gi-Oh at the end of your name, a lot of deck profiles came up, and they're all high placements for all different types of tournaments and all different types of decks. And I didn't know any of this last night when I was arguing, but my whole point was, and I just want the community to understand this, is that in order to call someone a cheater, there has to be intent. For example, if someone goes around marking someone's decks or cards with their fingernails, that is intentionally (laughs) cheating. You are a fucking cheater. So if you go around doing something like that, you're marking your opponent's cards so that you can pile shuffle and stack them in a way where all the normal monsters are in their hand, like their Cabazals and their Sabersauruses, you are a cheater, okay? If you also know where your shine balls are, you've been playing a shitty agent deck and going undefeated with it at YCSs and no one can explain how, that's intentional, that's cheating. So just to clarify what cheating actually is for people who don't understand, uh, seeing someone do an illegal play and then being like, hey, that guy's a cheater is ridiculous. Yeah, Every, also, everyone, yeah. It's the, um, the, uh, I'm, having, I'm drawing a blank, but I'm just going to call it the sideline bias. Um, oh, where yeah. basically, when... If you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh, a fighting game, whatever it is, right? If you're in the middle of a football game and the quarterback does the wrong, whatever, the person watching isn't in the pressure of the game. And they're like, well, why didn't he just do this? It's such an obvious play, yeah. right? But it's not that ob- when you're in the game and you're in the pressure and things are happening, like you don't get to view it from a bird's eye view. You don't get to see so it's easy when you're just sitting there eating Cheetos. You're like, oh, fuck. I mean, Chalice reduces and raises. and But, yeah. like, when you're in the game, guarantee nine times out of ten, you're going to make the same mistake. And then you're if it gets caught, your opponent will be like, oh, by the way, Chalice does this. And you go, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. And then you yep. just, like, fucking put it back. Yeah, there's a big difference between, between being a spectator and actually playing the game. And I'm, I'm a person. I like to spectate a lot of card games. I literally, I mean, also, honestly, every game. I watch a lot of Smash content. Uh, I watch Magic. I watch Yu-Gi-Oh. So I like to spectate. It's so funny in Smash when people are like, I don't understand why he didn't do It's so obvious what to do there. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. That's why he's in top eight and you're eating Cheetos. Right. right. Like it's easy to spectate and then call the right plays or like know when someone misplayed or know when someone did something, which is why instead of me just going, this person misplayed, I just ask. 
Like, because I know there are people out there who play Yu-Gi-Oh a lot, especially now with Master Duel's out, and they're mm. going to know the right answer. Like, hey, this is what he could have done. This is what should have been done. And so I just pull Facebook because Facebook is always like quick on that stuff, especially the day of a YCS when like it's happening and everyone's able to kind of chime in. Uh, exactly. Okay, so you do prefer in real life events, and that that makes sense. I think uh, most people, I think most people do honestly, but I do like that you guys can be like, "Hey, cut your deck in half, and then take the top three yep. and put them on the bottom." I love that. Like that is so cool to me. Yeah. Uh, sorry, just to, like circle back. Um, Go ahead. To the top four. Um, there is still more. Oh um, shit! Oh, yeah, shit. Yes, Go ahead. There, there is a lot more. Um, <laughs> oh my god. So, game two um i noticed like honey was a little bit upset and like um and once know. again honey's your friend you said right yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, he like, was upset, you and... upset so that's going to affect you Go yeah ahead. i like even like at the end of the match i like apologized to him because i understood he was like really frustrated and yeah. i felt really bad but like he was a uh, you know fine about it and we yeah. talked after but um in the second game um he went first, and I like hand trapped him, and then yep. he like stopped my the play. Game. Yep, and uh, then I nibbed him, and um, he makes the he desires is a second time on turn three, so he has twenty cards banished. Plus, I have six cards banished off prosperity because I prosperity that turn. Um, and after I nib him, he links into the link to Tenny monster, which lets you discard a card and then special summon. Uh, a tenny monster from your graveyard. But you can't use anything but tenny effects the rest of the turn. Yes. So he does that. Uh, summons a level 10 uh, synchro, which banishes when a monster, or when a card gets banished from anywhere, it banishes a card on the field and on the grave as a quick effect. Yep. That's um, crazy. Yeah. So he pops my nib and then um, tries to go to battle phase. And I summon Flirly, which uh, is a monster you can summon as a quick effect, um, if there's an extra monster on the field, um, and he, to like block the attack because the synchro is boosted by the number of banished cards, so yes. it would have been lethal um, if the attack would have gone through. And he's like, "Yeah, that's fine," and then proceeds to go to battle phase anyways. And I was like, "Okay, cool. I'm not dying this turn. I'm going to win the next turn." Because the last card in my hand was Nadir, and then I was drawing two off Celestial the next turn. Yes. So your hand um, was crack already. Yeah, my hand was good, but so he um, goes into battle, he activates DD Crow to banish my DPE from Grave, and then he chains the level 10 Synchro um, to banish uh, Celestial and the monster on my field, and yep. then it attacks for game. Um, and I didn't catch it, and my opponent didn't catch it, but that was an illegal activation. Yeah, DD Crow couldn't be activated, neither could the Synchro, right? Uh, DD Crow could have. But um, the synchro could not have. Oh, why is that? I think it only counts for monsters on the field. Oh, okay. I'm not actually completely sure. Yeah, but either way, the the main part is that the he could not have vanished uh, and then attack you directly for lethal. Right. Um. So I was like, oh, it's a pretty good play. Look, looked looked at my cards for a second and then just like conceded. Yep. Yeah, um, I was watching the stream. So I was watching that part, and that's where Billy was like. Oh, well, he can't actually do that. Stop it, stop it, stop it. But then I think they were like, well, Joe Joe conceded already, so there's nothing we can do. Yep. Yeah, I saw that one. So, yeah, you guys both have... Yeah, I think, you, it, I think it's funny that he, that in this instance... So, a couple things. One, like, I, as far as I... It's weird that people are calling you a cheater, or I don't know if it's people or if it's just one guy. It might just be one guy, but 
but it's like also it's, funny that I feel like it's one guy. Honestly, a similar situation happens in game two, but it's the it's the other side of the coin. And in this instance, the judges are like, "Well, even though there's a vod, we can't rewind the game state." <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, he listen. I don't know what to tell you. There's a but the vod's uh, there, but like you know, uh, it's different this time. But it's like the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's just pretty funny. Like, it, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so I was gonna say. Um, yeah, so you guys both, you know, did did plays that were, I guess, illegal, right? Like they mm-hmm. were not able to be done, and you know, yeah, both of you guys human errors. Yes, you they're guys are in top four. Errors. You guys are in top four. One of you is about to be a YCS champion, and you know, or I guess uh, a remote dual YCS champion. I don't. I, Hani's won a YCS, but it was the team one, right? Yep, it was uh, one of the South American ones. Right. So I'm sure he wants to win by himself. At you know, that's just like. I'm certain that everyone who's won a team YCS also wants to win one, you know, without a team. And right. so this is, this is big. Like this is, there's a lot on the line. There's pressure. You're right there. Like you're the doors, right. You can see the door. You can see the trophy. It's right there. And there's a lot of pressure. And both of you guys, you know, made mistakes and that's fine. Like I said, you not only need luck to win, but you know, sometimes you just, you get so into your own head and it makes you, if kind of fogs your brain and makes you play, differently than all of your testing a thousand games you test it and that's never happened before you've never not realized these things before and then this happens of course top four of a ycs one of the most important tournaments of the year and you know those things i want to ask is there more yes there is more oh my god how could there be more (laughs) i knew i knew there was more i knew there was more this time we didn't get the game three yet let's go (laughs) so we get to game three and um uh, I open like very subpar. I activate Fusion Destiny. Uh, I look at the cards in my hand. I um, tell my opponent, thinking of how many cards I'm going to set. I put two cards uh, in the Spawn Trap card zone. Uh, I still have my hand on the second one. I pick the second one up, decide not to set it, and then I pass turn to my opponent. Um, what you cannot hear from the audio is that I told my opponent that I was thinking on how many cards I was going to set. Yeah. Uh, with the new policy, what you say is different than what you actually are doing. Um, if you declare that you're going to summon something from your extra deck, uh, you are like more bound to what you say rather than your actual actions. Okay. Um, so people were... This is like probably one of the strangest ones so people was really on me um about i saw that too which i thought was stupid because i do that shit all the time the second card and like i would have understood that argument if my opponent would have drawn anything to do anything about those set cards if you drew twin or lightning storm or right. evenly or anything like that they didn't draw any type of like background disruption so I just thought it was not only that. Uh, I don't even care what your opponent drew. I just think it's weird for Yu-Gi-Oh players of all people who, in real life events, I, I'm sure almost everyone has gone like they go to set back row, and sometimes you pick all of them up. Like I've literally seen yeah. people go set yeah. four, and then they literally pick up all four and go hold on, and then they they shuffle them around, and they set like two or three. And I don't yeah, say anything. I, like I don't give a fuck. Like do like that's not gonna make or break the game for me. Like if you hold back one of your back row or whatever, like. If you're bluffing, I just think it's silly. Like to get to get that much of I don't know what I don't know if that's like classified as sharking. I just feel like it's in a dangerous territory of like, oh no, you put like you put those cards on the field, like you have to it's just kind of like, not there's not a rule. I think unless you change phases, if I'm in main phase one and I set two back row and I'm sitting there thinking and I go, you know what, I'm only gonna set one. If I didn't change from main phase one to battle phase and then pick it up in main phase two, 
You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Also, the communication. It like, you, matter. You gave clear communication that I'm not sure how many I'm setting, and you're kind of just like putting the cards down, and you're like, okay, um, actually, I'm just gonna set this one. Like, yeah, and like, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're um, good. The 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 thing that like also is just interesting to me is not only did the judges not say anything, but Hani didn't say anything. Yes. So like, if either of them would have said something, I would have been like, well, I guess I am locked into doing this, or yeah. I would have you know appealed the judges. Thing if that's what they would have done but um right. yeah i don't think that one's a big deal but i did see that come up as well and i thought that that was strange because yeah. i've seen that happen i've seen really high profile players playing in top eight four finals all types of shit and they set cards and pick them back up and no one says a single thing because it's just like to me i thought that was every exception. game of Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah like the only one I don't think that, there's a game of Yu-Gi-Oh that's happened where that doesn't happen right? the only like, time i could see that being and this is weird if this happened by the way so just keep up with me right here the sure. only way i could see it mattering is if you went set to back row right and while you're like setting them your opponent's like twin twister both back row and you're like <laughs> and you're just like oh shit uh i actually didn't intend to set both of these but like it sent you twin twisted i guess randomly in main phase one before i get yeah. to end like that would be so weird for them to do that so mm. that's not even like a realistic scenario but i'm sure someone is probably like well what if i had twin twister it's like okay calm down like all right like calm right. down like that's so yeah. that's such a ridiculous like what i just said is absolutely ridiculous and that's my point yeah mm. and I, I yeah people don't play it's like when I'm assuming threatening roar is not played. No. But it's like when a lot of people, like back when it was played, you know, people would be playing the game, you would summon a monster, and then someone would go attack. And then the other person would be like, hold on, wait. Before you enter battle phase, I activate threatening roar. Because the way people play, right, they go summon attack, and yeah. like they don't announce their fa- their phase transitions and stuff. But like, yeah, that's just all part of the game. I feel like that's all a similar yeah. thing. It's not, like, it's weird. I feel like if somebody was watching a YCS remote duel and that situation stuff happened, somebody would be like, well, he can't threatening roar because you already attacked. You can't, you know, like right. Yeah. People, people say really weird stuff that that's just not how the game's played. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. The other thing. Uh, so just to wrap this whole bit up, uh, the guy who started this whole like, oh, like Joe cheated and the, the winners cheater thing. It, it's I want to make sure that this is also understood, Kenny, because I know you don't you don't you don't know and you weren't on Facebook the night uh, Joe won. But it came out later on that he has a bias against Joe because, um, you know, Joe blocked him on Facebook. So yep. literally this guy is essentially already out to get him. He's slandering him because he doesn't like him to begin with. So that's that's like to give more context to it. It's not just like a random person that doesn't know him at all saying yeah, yeah. it. It's like, I don't like you because we've had not a good relationship in the past and now... Somebody like, Joe took my girl. Yes. Like, I'm just essentially saying. that. Like someone's but, mad yeah. because they don't get along and he's like, well, I see an opportunity here to fucking shit on his character and I'm yeah, going to yeah. take it because that's just the kind of person I am. And that's... So once that came out, everyone was like, wait a second. So you're telling me that this entire thing is based... Like it's biased. Like you're biased. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I could be a little bit biased. Maybe cheating is a harsh word to use, but still you know i didn't i don't like what happened it's like oh, okay yeah that um, was oh god oh no I was, I was gonna throw it back to you i was gonna ask if, if there was anything else that happened or anything else you want to say about it um yeah there were like there was one post on zodiac um where the dude was like you know honey got scummed out of top four or whatever um and there were like a lot of comments saying pretty much the exact same thing you said on that thread fraser just you know that there has to be intent for it to be considered cheating yeah um and i commented on it and i just essentially explained exactly what i just explained to you yeah. um what happens and it you know got a lot of positive support but one thing that was like 
really reassuring and nice was that at the end of the post, um, Hani actually posted the exact same thing I said. You know, he was like, I don't hold it against Joe. It was part of the game. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't, like, ruin his character because of this. Um, yeah, and, and Hani in game two did something that he couldn't do either. Like, you didn't go and right. shit on him. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't go and be like, yeah. well, Hani fucking, he cheated me. Like, that, you know, like, it... Clearly, you guys were not out to savage each other. I just don't believe right. that that two friends yeah. were like, you know what, we're this far in YCS, and guess what? It's time to start savaging each other. Like that's not what happened. But yeah, and go ahead. The dude like replied to Hani's comment, and he was like, "Well, as long as you think it's okay," and then he deleted it. And I was like, "All right." Yeah. Dude, so he's never gonna let it, him like oh, Yeah, he's never gonna let it go though. That's the thing is is, and that's this is a problem that, and this doesn't just exist in the Yu-Gi-Oh community. I think it just exists in general with anyone who's successful in anything. Where people on the sidelines, there's just a natural propensity to hate. Sometimes uh, you always get haters, and no matter what, like it's kind of based it's illogical it's a, like an illogical thing most of the time like you're not even saying something based in facts you're just assuming something and you want this narrative to go through because you don't like this person yeah. right exactly and that's why that was my biggest right with it once i realized like wait so your opinion is actually just biased on this you're not actually saying this because you really feel like someone got cheated you don't like the person and now you're going in on them but you're completely disregarding the fact that like both of them made plays that were impossible and no one got any game losses or you know whatever like nothing happened to either of them the game concluded and it's fine both of them forgive each other for whatever happened and that's it like they moved on you should fucking move on too if this right. is good enough for you guys it's good enough for the public that's how i feel yeah it's so I agree. weird because it's not even a situation where in any other instance you two wouldn't even be in a situation where like, oh, I forgive you. Like, it's not even a situation where you forgive the other person. <laughs> like, it's such a common, simple situation. It only got to the point where you guys have to, like, forgive each other because the internet wanted to blow it up when, like, nothing yeah. really happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. I agree. It's a good yeah. way to look at it, honestly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Uh, yeah, in so any other instance, you guys would just be like, like, two days later, you'd be like, oh, shit. And that, that would be it. And then you guys would laugh or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. nothing. Yeah. Uh, so one of the people in our Patreon wanted to ask, so is there anything that you do like about remote duels? Um, <laughs> um I, listen, I knew that this, the answer to this question might be no. Like I, I, I was fully aware of that before I asked it. Like it, it very could well be, I prefer in real life dueling and there's nothing about remote duels that I really like, but maybe you like dueling in your underwear, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean like, um, comfort up your house. I yeah, guess. being at being at home is nice. Um, I guess that is true. Yeah, I hate going not, to the bathroom at events. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's one <laughs> thing right there. Holy. Um, yes. But I guess I would say like not being exposed to COVID. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fair. The the first time or the only time I got COVID, uh, I was like fully vaccinated and I went to locals and I played in like a case tournament and mm -hmm. like two days later I had COVID and that's the only place I had gone. So damn. I, I was like, great. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's like positive for me, though. I will say the precautions that Pasadena was taking were like very strict and I was like very on board with it and like fully excited to go to that event. So, yeah, I did like that. Uh, Pasadena, they took that shit very seriously for everyone, all 2000 people to play. Yep. Um, another good thing for, for remote duels, I, you know, I, I'm not in the YCS, but you know, you can comment on this. The food, the food has to be a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, going to events yeah. is the most expensive thing ever. That's when you true. Eat. Yeah. Um, I will say though, like the pacing and like 
Oh god. Oh, soon we got pairings. Oh my god. So I saw it in round five. Yo, it was so late. Yeah, I played in uh, the YCS that was two weeks ago. And we started at noon and I finished at 3 a.m. Day one. Yeah, and that was only, I think it was nine, eight or nine rounds. It wasn't anything like absurd. But yeah, I had to go to bed at like three and get up the next morning at nine to play day two. And I was like, here we go, I guess. That's absurd. it was so much waiting, at least like an hour and a half to two hours between every single round. Yeah, so that that's an issue in itself. Like in, in real life events, especially with the new time rule, that just doesn't happen anymore. Right. Uh, there were times in Yu-Gi-Oh! where, you know, before time is the way it is right now, where in between rounds used to be an hour and a half. Uh, and, and in worst case scenario, it could be two hours. Not every round, but like there would be a round where two people are just holding up the entire tournament. Yep. yep. And I've been, you know, I've traveled. I've been to so many YCSs at this point. But like I, those were those were awful when you're just waiting. I couldn't imagine, though, because you're bound to your house if you're playing in a room yep. to a YCS. You're bound yep. to your house. You're kind of bound to your room and your phone or some kind of communication with Discord the entire day. Yep. It, it makes you kind of frantic. You're like, oh, I kind of want to do this, but I can't. I kind of want to like like make food. If you want to make food or if you order food, it's like comes at an inopportune time. It might be sitting on the steps because you can't leave. And it's just, it, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that with the oh, infrastructure yeah. that, that sucks with the timing. But I definitely saw someone say it's round five. And I swear to God, it was like 9 p.m. And I was like, there's no fucking way. It's like 8 or 9 p.m. and it's round five. Yep. And so, apparently, yeah. apparently it was. Is it because they want every they want every single game recorded? What, what are they doing? Uh, Why does it take so long? So, the it software that they used for pairings went down. Oh. And they had to do them all okay. manually. Oh no! Okay, okay. Yeah. Now that makes a lot more sense. That's happened in real life too. That I've been at YCSs at least two where they had to manually repair the round. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. That shit is awful. Mm-hmm. So, okay, another question is, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard would you say this tournament was for you, this YCS? Um, this is from a patron. Sure. Um, well, my only, uh, the only round that I lost, I did not play in. Oh. Um, yeah, so if you watch, I mean, you talked to me about it a little bit, but like my post-game interview. Yeah. Um, like I talk about how my grandma had passed away. Um, yeah. I had been, uh, I live in Chicago and I went home, um, to Minnesota to be with her cause she'd been sick for a while mm-hmm. and she was like declining. So like three weeks leading up to the event, I had like been in Minnesota. Um, but I was playing, uh, at one of my friend's houses and I won round one pretty easily. Uh, and then round two started and I like shoveled up my cards and my mom called me and she was like, she passed away. You should, uh, like come home. So I came home. I told my round two opponent. I was like, "Hey, you can just have it." Like, wow, I'm not gonna have time this to play happened for the during rest this event. Yeah. Yep. Um, wow. So I went home, and then I went to her house to be with my family. Um, and I was there for like half an hour, about, and uh, I was like, you know, now what? Um, yeah, you know, condolences just, like, to you too, man. I, right. Really, yeah. really sorry to hear but that. I'm like that happens, like. You, you don't even care about the tournament. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, the tournament's not even on your fucking mind. Wow, so it was meant for you to win this tournament, though. Like, <sighs> it seriously. Definitely, that's why I was, like, so emotional. Yeah, when you started crying, I literally... Because te- I get emotional so easily. I watch fucking TV shows and I get emotional. I almost cried today off of Ozark. So I get emotional quick. <laughs> and when I saw you crying on, on Twitch, uh, 
I was staring at the screen and that shit started to get to me. And I was like, all right, I need, I need this. I need this to like stop right now because I'm about to like lose it because I also, you know, I, I've lost my grandma uh, in 2016 and literally it was the week of my birthday and the week of YCS Pasadena. Funny enough. Uh, oh, wow. And in 2016, it was in November and I'm supposed to fly out the next day and she had just passed. It was really hard. So as soon as you started talking about that, it just brought back so many memories. So yeah, condolences to you, man. I'm really sorry to hear that, but I am also, I really do believe that you were destined to win that tournament. Like, I think it was meant for you to win. And that when you took off your glasses and, and you just like, God, that was such a like authentic emotion in the show. Um, very vulnerable. Yeah. I tried really hard to like hold it back, but I just couldn't. And I don't think, you know, I feel like there's a lot of stigma like towards like men, especially, or it's like, you can't show emotion. You can't cry. And I was like, you know, anybody that, like, talked to me after, like, asked me if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, of course. But, like, it's okay to, like, show emotion. I think yeah, that's really sure. an important mission to show. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're I mean, you make a, a good point. It, it, that is, unfortunately, it's, it's a shame because you said you're 20, right? Yeah. And I'm 10 years older than you. And what you said is 100% true. The, the stigma around men and the emotions they are and aren't allowed to show. Um... But I, it's a little sad because I started to feel like that started to change because I do I think that the the conversation is out there where it's more acceptable for you know different people to be emotional and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, but you know the world you're 10 is definitely years younger getting... than me, and it's getting better. But it's also like the fact that people even like young are still having that stigma. Yeah, on. he's only twenty it, years old, and he's still like. I know men aren't supposed to cry, basically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The fact that's like, even a concept. It's so in your, frustrating. Yeah, but the world is getting more progressive over time. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. There was no like negative responses that are like, oh, you're just like, you know, yeah, why yeah. are you acting weak and like stuff like. There was nothing like that. It was all support. Yep, so, and I'm yeah. I'm glad that they let you go, like Robert Boyage and let you go, like after you know, yeah. like I, yeah. I was really afraid. There was a moment. And I said this to my friend Gary. I looked over. I said, "Hey, if they start asking this kid questions, yeah, while he's crying, I'm going to lose my shit." Like if yeah, he was yeah. like, "Yeah, man, so how? What was the most important factor for you in this tournament?" I would have been like, "All right, I'm turning this off." Like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes people do like yeah. some interviewers. You know, obviously they weren't, but there's interviewers out there that are just snakes, and they're like, "You're crying," and they're like, "So anyway, how was Angelina right. Jolie at the special?" Yep. Like, yep. yeah, I was afraid. I, at first, I was really afraid. I was like, "If he starts asking this guy, like, why did he play certain cards in his deck or anything like that while he's literally crying, I'm gonna lose my shit." But yeah, but that did not happen. Like, so, so I won the final, and um. Tommy immediately left the call, and I felt really bad because we had been talking um, before the match started. He was really anxious because yeah. um, he, he had been to the finals multiple times. Oh yeah, Tommy is one of the second place champions. Like he is, he's up yeah. there with McCabe, and there's a couple other people who have been second place a lot. You know, I was yeah. full disclosure, but this is only because not that I even know Tommy, but I met Tommy one time when I did a podcast with him, and mm. I didn't know you, so I was rooting for Tommy. Sure. Fair enough. A lot we of people were, were. We were both rooting for Tommy because Tommy. <laughs> listen, I know I have a history with Tommy. Tommy has stopped me from winning multiple tournaments. I would have won YCS Atlanta again in 2016. I played Tommy in top four, and he stopped me. And then I would have won ARG in Syracuse in the finals. I played against Tommy best of five, where there was like gin lock and emptiness and all this other nonsense, and yep. he beat me in game five. So Tommy has literally stopped me from winning two more championships. So me <laughs> and him go way back, and I want nothing more for him than obviously to win. 
you know, something that is, uh, I guess, a Konami tournament because he's won an ARG uh, championship, I think two of them now. And I know he got second at nationals, which is a really good. Yeah, like, that's a really good. I've never been that close at, at uh, you know, yeah. nationals. And then he's gotten second at a YCS, second at a YCS. So it's he's been his time is his time is coming. Oh, 100%. I, I want to say, even though I was rooting for him now, I've met you now once, but you're also just on this one conversation. Right. But yeah. you also seem like a really great guy as well. So, you know, once again, it's already been said, but congratulations for winning. Yeah. I yeah, no, I really, it, I do enjoy it. This conversation is actually pretty smooth. Like, honestly, everything about it. I, uh, I've never really talked to you before, but like now that we're actually, you know, having a conversation about Yu-Gi-Oh and just your journey and everything that happened around that weekend, uh, it just makes you so much more of a, you know, a, a decent person to me. Just like a full, a full person, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. As, as opposed to just like a Facebook. I have a lot of people on Facebook and I don't know a lot of them, if I'm being honest. Like, I just have so many yeah. people on there. Me too. Razor won a YCS and his friend count went through the roof. <laughs> it did. It, yeah. You get so yeah. many friend requests and it's just like, I just add everybody almost, so. Yeah, I, I talked to Raphael Nevin about that, like, yesterday. I was like, I'm getting all these messages. I have to, like, search on Messenger who I want to talk to. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, your life will never be the same. It is. It is something else. Like, there's this thing I always talk about where it's like quiet champions and then there's like people like me. So quiet champion is like someone like Sean McCabe, I guess if he, you know, if he wins anything, he doesn't really use social media like that. He doesn't really interact with people too much. He's very quiet, both in person and online. And even people like me who are basically, I love social media. So I'm on Facebook a lot of time during the day. I like to post memes. I like to post funny statuses. I like to troll the community and ask questions that I know the answer to, but I just want to see how people respond to it. Um, so I'm McCabe I'm that kind of guy. He's yeah. quiet, but McCabe will say some shit on the low. Oh, McCabe is great. Yeah, <laughs> McCabe will say some shit on the low. Like, yeah, no, there's definitely there's like two types of people. So it's all what you make of it. Um, but it's I mean it's an awesome thing to be in the club of YCS champions. So welcome into that club, and you know I'm sure. Yeah, welcome. There's, yeah, I'm know, sure among. among you know, I, I I I got a couple under my belt. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what I wanted to ask you some other stuff though. So, uh, sure. like I see lots of deck profiles for you uh, on, like I said, when I googled your name and just put Yu-Gi-Oh at the end, and I went to images, there's all types of profiles. There's one first place Iowa regional with Danger Trickstar Orcus. Uh, mm-hmm. There's another one Ghost Second Sky Striker Top Eight Regional. Um, uh, there's one. Is this you? Is yeah, it is you. Dragon Link Top Four at Star of the North Kingdom. Yeah, there's it's like a, a like a monthly, bi-monthly like uh, cash tournament that we have in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a you have a ton of shit up here. Remote Door Travaganza, second place. Midwest Gaming. Uh, uh, yeah, that's my team. Midwest Gaming. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Midwest Gaming. Yeah, um, that's like definitely been a crazy part of my life for sure. Was like, uh, so I like own the team. Oh. Um. Yeah. So, essentially, um. I like played for SSD, which is like a team that died a long time ago. But that was with like um, the Blessing Wilson and Avery Foster. And, I know those like, guys. Yeah, a bunch of like very talented players. Um, and after White State Chicago, I did like pretty poorly. Um, the Blessing was playing year, the same. Which year was that? 2018, 2019. Okay. 2018. It was like Danger Thunder was like. That was the first YCS that it was played at. Okay. 
Um, and DeBlessed and I were playing the same deck. We were playing like a Pendulum deck that like made Kaliuga. Um, so like that deck was crazy. But DeBlessed topped and I didn't. Um, and then I got cut from that team that day um, after I didn't top. And I was like, damn, that's pretty tough. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, like there had been a lot of issues. And I think that was the beginning of the team starting to go under. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, eventually did. Um, but I had like a couple of local people that like wanted to sponsor me. Um, and I really didn't want to like be an individual person. I really enjoy the team aspect of like, you know, having like circles and like team stuff. I and, think that's like, the best part of you, Gail. Yeah, of course. Um, so we, uh, there was like another local team. Um, that I was like friends with a good amount of players, and we were like, "What if we just do a thing together?" And it kind of just went from there. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So like, um, now you're week- a YCS champion too. So right. that, that yeah. like brings some prestige to your team. Of course. I mean, last week you got to interview my teammate Shuping, so that was pretty neat. Also, <laughs> yeah, Shuping is. I love him. I call him Sensei. <laughs> yeah, that man's hilarious. He's smart though. That motherfucker is oh, yeah. so smart. Like Shu, I like that he has an insight on the OCG as well as like the TCG. That's something yeah, that was, we don't usually get. It was interesting. A lot of his like TCG calls and everything, like a lot of his insight came from OCG knowledge that he was then able to apply to the TCG, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, like he knew right. Master Duel was basically just an old TCG, uh, old OCG format. Oh, Whereas, really? That's uh, crazy. I yeah, didn't even know that. Yeah, other people are like, oh. This is nonsense. Like, why are these cards legal? But Shooping was like, that's actually just April of last year, like OCG. Like, literally, mm-hmm. that's the format that everyone's playing. And because I, I couldn't believe that emptiness has been legal in Japan this whole time. And like certain cards that are just legal, I didn't even know that they they had them because they don't use them. Right. Like yep. emptiness isn't played, and that is wild yep. to me. Yep. So yeah. emptiness, three skill drain. It's absurd. Just yeah, absolutely. Not. Like we would, people complain here about you know Mystic Mine all the time. I couldn't imagine if they also had to deal with Mystic Mine and Skill Drain and Emptiness and, right. Max, and Maxi. Ugh. Have you been playing Master Duel though? Yeah, um, I hit Plat One a couple of days ago. Congrats! Um, nice, nice. Well, I guess this yeah. is like a great. I mean, I'm sure it's not that crazy to do, especially for like someone of your skill level, but still. Yeah, I mean, it was really. I love the game. Um, I think it's gonna it was be big. Oh, so enjoyable for me. But I will say, um, once you like reach plat one, and like I'm not too into the solo modes. I don't really enjoy playing the like pre-made decks or whatever. Yeah, I can I know see some the appeal. Are losing their mind for the story. Like people yeah. are going crazy for the story mode. But like once you get past that, it really feels like there's not much to do. Yes. So I know we're getting an update uh tomorrow, I think. So hopefully it'll be some new content. Hopefully they update the ban list in real life too. Fuck that. Yes, exactly. Like we exactly. need both. I need I need them to do both. Because I want you know, I want to talk about this ban list. I'm sure that a lot of people are anxious for it. I I did troll in the uh Shuping interview and say, what if the ban list that they released is literally just the master duel list? <laughs> like Yeah, oh my god. People will lose their shit. Uh, Because there's a lot of, you know, the community is divided with the whole Maxi thing. I see a lot of posts, and half of them are troll posts, obviously. But there's a lot of posts on Zodiac and just on Facebook in general of people talking about Maxi, and some people absolutely despise it. And some people are like, oh, get good. You should be able to play through Maxi. This is how you really duel. There's some people that still think it's better than Painful Choice, which is just wild to me. No, it's just Painful Choice, one card FTK in every deck. So 100%. That's not even a. But yeah, it's just crazy that. uh, 
the community so divided on Maxi, and I thought Maxi was going to come back when Crossout Designator was coming. Right. Actually, we made a whole YouTube video about that, and it was actually a yeah. it was our biggest video at the time. And then it didn't come back, and so everybody kind of <laughs> sighed relief. But now I do like that everyone gets to experience it now, and it seems like the really good players absolutely despise it. Yeah, uh, my opinion on it like definitely changed. Like after playing through like decent matches with it yeah um because like, i've been playing a lot of drytron on like uh master duel and like combo mirrors with maxi is like probably the most toxic thing oh i can like, imagine shu said that he thinks drytron is also just like the best deck on master oh duel. it definitely like, is it yeah. definitely is yeah so yeah combo mirrors is like well i'm gonna combo and if i also have maxi it's like holy shit you can't possibly win this game right like yeah it's so yep. ignorant like i open alpha zeta and maxi like you're fucking done yep Whew. exactly yeah, that that's and that that is a uh, because cards have gotten so much more powerful, it makes Maxi more powerful too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like I know people argue, well, if I if you Maxi me and I just make VFD, you can't play, it doesn't matter how many cards in your hand. And like on one hand, sure. That, you know, that could get you there. But 9 times out of 10, you're just going to fucking lose to Maxi. Yeah. Like you're not always going to be able to just Maxi and make whatever board you want because assuming that the person playing Maxi has like other cards, you know, in their deck that they can just yeah draw into after like also, looking at oh go ahead bro oh i was just going to say it's also wild back when maxi came out there wasn't as many hand traps so if you just right. keep summoning after i maxied like i'm just drawing more hands yeah traps. you get nibbed after fuck a while you. Like, yeah, like, 100%. <laughs> just fuck you. yeah yep. yeah that's what i was gonna say pretty much just like i've seen you know people's lists from Astro Duel, where they have like three Maxi and three Ash, and those are their hand traps. And they're like, why am I still losing? Like, because you're not drawing anything of value off of Maxi. Right. Like, uh, I have like a lot of one of and two of hand traps like in my deck. Yeah. Because you have to like build your deck differently. You have to build it around Maxi. You want cards that are like not once per turn, like Crow or like Impermanence or Veiler. Yeah. Um, and like high impact ones like Nib or like Orange Light, something like that. Yeah. And also, the game is best of one right now. Right, so exactly. That has a huge impact on the way decks are built because I was watching Jeff Jones stream on Twitch the overnight and he was saying, oh, cars like going crazy outside. He was saying uh, he was surprised at how many decks he's played with or tested with that were better than they are in reality because of the whole one game thing. Yeah. Like some decks are just so much better literally because you only play one game. Whereas if they was if it was the best two out of three with side decking, the deck would be pretty trash. Right. Agreed completely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. I'm I hope they changed. I hope they start running tournaments. It would be nice if there was a mode in Master Duel that like let people just pay money and you go into a queue and you just play tournaments, like little eight mans or like oh, 100%. 32 or 64. I don't know how Hearthstone does it or whatever, but there should just be like something where it kind of just runs itself. Like you can just queue up and play tournaments like as much as you want. But yeah, they got that on a uh, smash ultimate. There's just like in smash ultimate, there's an online tournament mode where you just like do it and it opens up and people can just join it. Doesn't need anybody to run it. It just like the bracket yeah. populates. And it just yeah. Happens. Yeah. I watched right. zero do that on smash ultimate. When it first came out, he was doing that whole tournament thing and doing it as like an imposter kind of, but I'm sure people knew it was him after. Cause he was like the biggest streamer at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, he would just have like a weird name and just go and beat everybody. I you didn't have to pay for that though, right, Kenny? No, no, it's just part of yeah. It's just a feature they added to Smash yeah. Ultimate where you just like do tournaments. I would like if 
you could okay so maybe not directly money because i know konami will never do that now that i think about it like they'll never let you be like hey we're all putting 20 dollars into this pot let's start an eight man you know server side or whatever but they might do something where it's like you wager gems or something yep yep and they'll yeah. they'll kind of mask it that way. It's the same thing though. Like it's still money. It's money. It's like all right. Like you're giving me like yeah. if I win this tournament, I, I get all the gems of everybody else who wait. You know, actually you might not be able to do that because of just gambling laws. And uh, on top of that, the gambling laws they'd have to probably have to play it safe because I don't even know what Japan's gambling laws are. But you have to factor in like oh, yeah. U.S. gambling laws, international Japan's gambling laws, etc. Yeah. So, so maybe they probably not, couldn't do something like maybe that. not wager, but just a thing where people pay like a set amount of gems yeah. and you get in like you not like earn. yeah not like oh I wager two hundred or whatever you know I'm not that type of thing but yeah it's right. just something that gives people because the competitive people need something in Master Duel and right now oh, 100%. what Joe yep. is basically saying is that there isn't anything for a competitive player to do after you plat one like it's kind of just like a dead mm-hmm. game after that it's like okay the yep. form- format solved Drytron is the best deck there's other decks that are also really really good but I, right now there's no incentive to really test the format more until it's an event are announced or yeah. something so I totally yep. get that yeah uh, how many bird decks did you play in the YCS by the way you said that you're like scared at matchup yeah, um, I played against, let's see, I think it was four Sword Soul, three Bird, and two PK. Is this, like, in ca- counting Top Cut, too? No, I'm sorry. Oh, that top was, Cut that was... said all Sword Soul. Oh, damn. Just like, yeah. oh my god, when you saw your bracket, you were like, <laughs> easy! <laughs> GG, easy! Damn, Sword Soul, yo, you got... This was this was so meant for you because you're like I never lost a sword soul basically and then your whole bracket was just sword soul. But I don't really know what you're supposed to lose to anyway. Like besides your deck itself, maybe you're like shitting shitting the bed. Um yeah, so like the bird deck is like pretty Scary. aggressive. Yeah, um, it's one of those boards where you just really like can't break. Like the sword soul makes a pretty like fair board. Yeah. Um, even if they call like light or dark with Protoss, you can still Alistair into Purgatrio, and like that applies a lot of pressure. Um, because it like gains so much attack and can clear the board if they don't negate Alistair or the Purgatrio. So yeah, so you still have um, like a way to play. Yeah, and the same thing with the bird deck is like it, it surges DD Crow, which is the whole reason why I had to main two invocation instead of just playing the one. Yeah. Oh, so you um, would play one invocation? You think if that shit wasn't a main, if DD Crow wasn't a factor? Yeah. Um. There was uh. Man, his name slips my mind right now, but he got third at the EU YCS. Okay. Uh, that was our module with the invoked deck, and he played one. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, I thought it was definitely correct. Yeah, because you have three, what, how many meltdowns? Three meltdowns or something? Yeah, you have three meltdown, three Alistair, and terraforming, so seven. Yeah, so you have tons of copies to get the invocation, so it's not crazy to be like, I'm just going to not play three of this card, because I'm sure looking at your hand and seeing two of it is not what anybody wants. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a brick if you don't draw with Alistair. Yep. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah, Birds is, like, kind of a scary matchup just because of how oppressive their opening their board is. And they can, from what I understand, the strength of that deck is that it can play through damn near anything. Yeah, so the big thing is, like, uh, the Trevor Good cards, um, if they're able to get four in Grave, you can, like, window them, and then they just normal summon a Tri Brigade, uh, banish four, summon Shurig, and Shurig just banishes the window, and they keep going. Yeah, it's like it didn't even happen. Yep, so you like you need floods or like a lot of you know multiple hand traps or something so yeah i really like that kamal went undefeated at the last ycs the last remote one or whatever yeah and then he got knocked out after going like 10 and 0 and then he immediately proceeds to win the next one <laughs> yeah i actually uh played him in swiss of that ycs um, oh shit i, I played him like round eight or nine 
Uh, and I misplayed, and it cost me the match. So was it game three? Uh, I won game one. Okay. Game two, I Mystic Mines him. Um, and I made Purgatrio, and I missequenced um, my attacks. So, like, I attacked uh, his last monster. Um, I should have attacked it second to last, because since we both had one monster on the field, he was able to activate monster effects. And uh, I attacked the XYZ, and the XYZ lets you add back a card from your graveyard when it gets destroyed. So if I would have um, not attacked over that one last, he wouldn't have gotten the add back effect. Right. And I changed um, everything. Yeah, and then he just killed me the next turn. Damn, one little um, mistake, and he became the yeah. last champion. <laughs> and then game three, he just drew, like, really well. Yeah. Um, and, and he played perfect also, so that yeah. got him there, of course. Kamal is really good. He's Yes, Kamal's insane. I have yet to beat Kamal one-on-one. I think we've played two or three times. Damn. Yeah, he's one of those. I, I, I want to... um. I want to get him on here too, another remote dual champion, and he's also just a regular YCS champion as well. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he's the real oh, deal. I wanted to ask. I just remembered this uh, YCS you just won. This was mm. the one where you guys played the initial tournament like a month ago, right? Yes, that was like extremely irritating. Um, yeah, so I wanted to. You know, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's asked you this yet, but I, I wanted to. That's hear so your weird. On that, like you played the tournament a month ago, and then you played top four. You know, that weekend. is so weird to me. Yeah, so we played top sixteen this weekend. Um, the the thing is, like, the format really shifted from like bird being super popular to like sword soul being like super popular. Mm. Um, so there was like a lot of cards in my main and side that I wanted to change. Um, like my YCS list that I played two weeks ago for the one that Kamal won. Um, I lost the last round of Swiss. That was another one of those things where, like, like you said, you just got to get lucky. Like my opponent. Uh, went first game one, and I got ordered, and I lost. And then game two, um, I went first, and he had a bunch of hand traps. And then order on top of it, and I was like, "Great!" And that was a quick ten minutes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and like not being able to change your list was just like crazy to me because how much the format had like shaped. Yeah, a month in Yu Gi Oh can be a lot. Yeah, a month can be so much. New meta comes out. I just saw Tommy post some Despot nonsense. Yep, that's what. Um, uh, Hani, I don't know if Hani was playing it, but I know Sebastian was definitely playing it um, in top 16. So it's a, like a really cool uh, combo. It doesn't really like change your end board, but it just allows you to like play through so many things. Yeah. And so that's just like that little thing can shape the meta differently. And then, you know, the way Sword Soul is being played. Like at one point when Sword Soul first came out, people were playing Sword Soul with DPE. They're playing like just pure. And then there's the Tenyi build. And now it seems like they've all kind of move towards Tenyi, right? Like, that's... Yep. The overall consensus is Tenyi. I don't really see people dropping Fusion Destiny and Sword Soul anymore. Yeah, um... It's just, like, the Tenyi cards, if you draw only Tenyi cards, you can still get to your Sword Soul engine. Yeah, which is through, broken. Yeah, through just, like, making a level 8 synchro. Um, so... I definitely think those cards are better. Um, you don't have to play, like, any real bricks. Um, and, like, Vashuda is just an absurd card, being able to bounce stuff with an engine removal stuff. Like, yeah, built-in removal and yeah, a lot of special summons, a lot of extenders, a lot of searching. It just does everything. Like, that engine does everything. That engine is crack. Right. It's very yep. good. I see why a lot of people play Sword Soul. I see why it won the EU event. Uh, and if it weren't for you, it would have won this event as well. Yep. So you are the only thing standing between Sword Soul just kind of winning the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your deck, you're like, I don't even like my deck list anymore for this event. Because like, oh, so yeah. much has changed. So what would you change? Let's talk about that for a little bit before we go. We're gonna wrap up soon, but 
Um, so I was maining three Droll in my deck, um, like I said, because I was scared of Bird. And uh, Droll is very, uh, like, average or, like, below average against Sword Soul. Yeah. Um, I have to, like, open... I have to, like, start with Desires and draw into Search Cards. Right. For it to be, like, even decent. Um, so Damn. I was just, like, really praying I didn't draw Droll or, like, multiples of Droll uh, in Top Cut. And I drew it a couple times, but uh, I didn't didn't really make a difference it wasn't like oh i wish this was nib in my main deck which is what i switched it out for eventually okay. so like droll became nib like currently yeah um i also wasn't maining mystic mine um mystic mine is crazy um it oh, allows shit. you to beat the bird deck for sure so you're so. maining it now because you have terraforming in your deck too yep. yeah so you're essentially playing two copies and plus you can pot for it also so yeah that's the most ignorant shit the pot the pot card is out of control I agree. So People are like, oh, I'm just going to add Imperial Order to my hand. Set, go. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the yeah. fact that you can scry six is so crazy. Scry six is nuts. Scry six is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> like... That is, yeah, that's insane. So you're playing, you like Mystic Mind now, you like Nib now. Uh, what else? Is there anything in the side deck? Um, yeah, so if you watched uh, actually Kamal's and Walter Jewell's profile um, from the last YCS, they both kind of came to the same conclusion where it's like this format is like so diverse that you have to play more than 40 cards to make room in your side deck. Right. Um, so I'm Holy like my, my current uh, list is like 42 cards, I think. Uh, I'm maining There Can Be Only One, which was like a side card I had for just going first, but I had to go in my main deck because I just didn't have space. Um, oh, and wow. like now, now I'm hey. citing token collector to like make the sword still match up like even better. That's so um, interesting. Yeah. That's yeah, so man. interesting. The fact that you have to main more than 40 to make room for your side deck is actually. Cause you want those cards somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, like I know Walter played 43 and I think Kamal played 42, um, from the last YCS. So definitely like having to out, up your main deck count, uh, to fit more stuff in your side is. A crazy thing i agree yeah it's that's a that's a that's an interesting concept and i like the fact that you guys are kind of pushing the envelope with that one that is uh, really cool because that's something that's i feel like never really been done like every now and then in terms of where it's accepted every now and then people would be like oh you know 41 cards is actually better than 40 but for the most part yeah there was a long every, period where everyone played 41 for just no real reason just, and, just because right. it got popular for some reason yeah like, oh no 41 is the shit <laughs> but yep it's always been 40 is the way to go but it is interesting or less so much to prepare for yeah or less i agree or less oh <laughs> shit whoa whoa no upstart goblin King, that's what we're talking about I yeah thought, i thought you i thought you were going hey no no no, no. we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about upstart man it's okay oh you were going ham no no, no or less no, I'm talking like, about. Wait a minute. There's an error where Patrick Hoban. Cards? <laughs> oh no, there's an error where Patrick Hoban controlled the game, and uh, he always made three upstarts until they until they limited it eventually yeah, because yeah. Yep. because yep. literally every deck was 37 cards that he played, and he kept winning everything too. So it was like, man, this guy has to be right. Like we're all playing 40 and losing, and he's playing 37 and winning. Like there has to be some correlation. Oh, of course, yeah. But but now, like you said, the game is so diverse. There's so many different decks that are out there and so many things that you kind of want you never know like oh if i'm going first against this matchup i want these but if i'm going second against this matchup i want this yeah so there's a there's a lot and i can understand upping it's not like you guys are saying we're playing 47 cards like right. yeah, 42 yeah. 43 you know that's not the craziest thing in the world especially when again these decks don't need a whole lot to go off 
Yeah, it's one or two card combos every time. Yes, these decks also, can go off. Also, your reasoning, off. my bad. Go ahead. Go, no, I was just going to say, I was going to keep on saying what I was saying. It's like, these decks don't need a lot to start. Like, you just told us that you have, like, fucking 15 cards that, you know, they start yeah. popping off. I was going to say, your reasoning and the other player's reasoning is sound. Like, when you said, I got to play 42, 43, higher than 40 cards for these reasons, that makes sense. Whereas, like, opposed to the little era where everybody's playing 41, there was, nobody had a reason like nobody was like, this is why 41 cards is good for these reasons. People were just doing it. I, I don't know why. But what you're saying makes sense. It's like there's so many cards, so many decks I gotta prepare for, and I can't put more than 15 cards on my side deck. Like I just have to fit some extra cards on my main. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I guess one of the last things I'll ask you, were there any like connection issues with you or any of your opponents doing a remote dual YCS? Or, uh or any of them no. rather? Okay, that's good. No. Uh, actually, good. like after the event, my internet went out for like an hour. So. Wow, you want to talk about cool. like divine man. timing? Yeah. You are crazy. You are hashtag blessed, my oh, man. Man, he yeah, that was what a run, what a run. This is crazy. Weekend. So round two, you're like opponent, you can just have it, yep. and then you win the like you proceed to win the entire every match after this, you just win, and then you win the tournament, and then your internet goes out an hour later, and it's like. Holy shit! Yeah, Holy shit. it was something. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to get your trophy. I want to see what uh what Konami shipped to you. Of course. Yeah, and uh, enjoy that ultra rare copy of what is it, Dueling Dragon or something like that. Yeah. And yo, and hold that card for like ten years. All right. Yeah, hold don't it. make the mistake I made where I sold my prize card, and then ten years later it's worth like fucking twenty or thirty k or some yeah. crazy number. Yeah. yeah I've got, been told that by a lot of people actually, just to like hold it for a couple of years. Yeah, like if you don't need the money, right? Like I sold mine for an amount of money. I was twenty. I didn't really need the m- amount that I got for it, and uh, obviously I regret it now. I, I obviously I didn't know that the Yu-Gi-Oh market was going to explode during the pandemic uh, with, right. you know, just inflation happened in general to every collectible thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that 10 years later, my prize cards would be worth so much because I won the Dark Lord. So there was three of them and they were ultra. Right. And uh, yep. I know that they go for a little, many more thousands than what I sold it for. <laughs> so uh, before we go, though, I do want to give a quick shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. So if you guys want to support the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and this interview with Joe, uh, please join us over at Patreon. I am their podcast. And we also have uh, listener letters that we do. So if you want to write in and have us answer questions on the podcast, you can write into I am their podcast at gmail.com and we will read it aloud on the show. So as for our patrons, we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Dominic Roberts, Game for Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Michael Escu, Gabe Marini, Andre Reynolds, CJ, Dubkdat1, Saul at Dabbers Gaming Cafe in Georgia, Mitchell Nels, Dan Vrabel, and Dennis Milburn. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast, and we will be bringing you more of this type of content. Uh, we have some more Yu-Gi-Oh! guests lined up for the future, and we also just have some more anime discussions we want to get through, Death Note, and uh you know mushoku tensei uh my hero academia just a couple of other things so we'll be doing a lot more nerd stuff so if you're rocking with us you know you can check out our patreon uh join the i am their discord you know check all of that stuff out and also joe where can they reach you at if people wanted to um i don't know if you have any like you have a youtube channel or anything like that or any socials you want to shout out uh facebook is fine it's just you know joe dietrich okay um, yeah give I'm my man with... more friend requests yes <laughs> yes please flood his flood joe with friend requests please he, let, let this man needs to be at like four thousand plus friends on facebook by the end of 
the year. So. I will do my best to respond to all the questions. So I appreciate everybody yeah. so much. Yeah. Like the community means so much to me and everybody's been so positive. I really couldn't have done it without everybody's support. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy for you. And honestly, this is a very wholesome this interview was very wholesome, just the whole circumstance surrounding the event. So I really you're you're one of the young, the new generation, and uh I'm I'm rooting for you going forward. So um I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Everybody so that much. comes on this podcast end up becoming a fan of it. So now I'm I'm looking at you to you know <laughs> If you win another YCS or whatever, I'm like, I pff, I know that guy. <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> At this point, yeah, we're gonna have multiple people that we've interviewed or in the finals and shit coming up soon. Yeah, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Tyree, Ed, Tommy, <laughs> you. I'm I'm rooting for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Blair, Joe. I want Joe. Yes. I want Joe Orlando to get one too. Yes, I'm rooting for Joe and Tommy Road now because I need those two. Those two. They've been to the top of the mountain and I need them to just, you know, get, I need them to get, well, I guess they haven't been to the top of the mountain, but I want them to reach the <laughs> I mean, top they, of the mountain. They were there. They were at the outpost. <laughs> they were at the outpost. Yeah. I need them to reach the top of the mountain. So I'm rooting for them too. But yeah, congratulations against Joe. Um, I wish you more success in the future and uh, you can hit me up whenever, you know, good luck and everything. Thank you so much, man. All right. And as Thank I always you. say, do the things that make you happy. That's right. All right. I'm, right. I'll end it here.